Welcome to the Informants Nerdcast, presented by Nerd Informants Media. The Informants Nerdcast is powered by Branson's IMAX Entertainment Complex, The Sign Man and Hollister, Comic Force, White River Design Company, and 1984 Branson Arcade. Well, fellow geeks and nerds, welcome into the new year, 2023, in the month of January, as season three picks up right where it left off a long, long time ago. This would be episode number three in season three. And of course, you can get the Informants Nerdcast on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Stay connected to us all online. Facebook at Nerd Informants, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Type in Nerd Informants, you're good to go. I'm a nerd. And I'm Josh Grisham. I'm also a nerd, and you can call me Tim Church. Thanks for joining us. It is a, a very, very good to be back. Again, as we said, uh, it's been a, a long time coming for Season 3, spanning out uh, Episodes 1 and 2 in 2022, and now Episode 3 picking up here in the month of January. So we hope that uh, 2022 was good to all of our fellow geeks and nerds out there, and it's good to see you on the early side of the new year. With some big things cooking for us, and uh, with this new episode... Uh, some new organization in there as well, uh, and many, many thanks going out to Mr. Dear Tim Church. All right. Well, guys, here's what we've got planned for this podcast as we venture into 2023. We thought we'd bring you this podcast by categorizing things a little bit to maybe make it a little bit easier for not only for you guys to compartmentalize, especially if there's something specific that you want to uh, find out about. So we've got some categories on movie news, celebrity news, TV series. Uh, we're going to be talking about technology. We're going to be talking about comic books and video games. Uh, but most importantly, I definitely wanted to highlight things that uh, here in the podcast that you can go to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages that you can see there. And that that's mainly including uh, trailers as well as new posters being released. So to start off here, let's talk about the, uh, the newest posters in and images that were released for the upcoming Scream film. Uh, we got a really cool poster at the beginning of this year that I, I, I really loved. I thought it was very unique. But we got a subway-centric Scream poster as the new film is going to be taking place in the New York City area. Ghostface is taking Manhattan on March 10th. So we got that poster that kind of... It looks like the subway rails, and it's got the names of all of uh, Ghostface victims over the years from other past films, and I thought that was really cool. And we also got a look at Ghostface himself for the new image, not giving anything away as to who might be under the mask in this upcoming film, but really, really cool to see Ghostface back and uh, coming at us this year. Certainly going to be interesting to see if the uh, directors allow us to have uh, Stu Mocker as... Uh as the ghost face, but everybody's been going and saying, no, he didn't survive. Literally his head was crushed by a TV and the original, I still hold out hope. I think that would really, really be cool for Stu to come back. And he's been alive this entire time. The poster um, really is unique as well, because it basically takes you back uh, through the entire history of the films, through all six of them, all of the victims that have died. Uh, and there was uh, some, some interesting notes. There are little Easter eggs, maybe some hints on the poster as well especially uh, involving Stu and Kirby, Kirby mm -hmm. uh, from Scream 4. So it's, it's going to be anybody's guess. I like the fact that they are kind of playing with the, uh, the Halloween uh, film franchise under David Gordon Green. There there's, looks like there's going to be multiple versions of the mask. I say this uh, in some of the looks, promotional material for the film, the mask is new, pristine, looks really good. And then other images 
the mask is weathered. So it mm. really, as a as a fan, it gets you uh, it gets you hyped. It gets you speculative. You're like, okay, what's what is what is the what is the different masks telling us? So I, I love the the marketing train so far. Train literally uh, <laughs> with the subway poster from from New York City. I think that's pretty Pun cool. intended. I think so. I think so. And, and, and also, speaking of which, uh, another trailer and poster, the marketing campaign is out there in high gear. And I think this one is is going to pay homage, uh, including the legacy and the, and the deaf directing ability of Sam Raimi, who birthed uh, the Evil Dead franchise as it is. And of course, you take uh, Rob Tapert in there, uh, Bruce Campbell. You've got all the key figures involved to make Evil Dead Rise look really, really, really good. The trailer is out in the wild, the poster's up on the page, and uh, it is all about Mom from Hell. The film will arrive on April 21st. If you haven't seen the trailer, highly recommend you do. It's got all the creep factor. It's absolutely terrifying. Like It was one thing watching it, you know, on the YouTube, but then actually it, it like it's showing in theaters now and you know, it's showing in front of Megan and that was one trailer. I wish they wouldn't have shown to Megan. I think I was more scared of the trailer for, for rise than I was for anything that evening. Um, but th- taking things that are a little less, uh, I, I guess, what, not scary demon in your kitchen, D- demon in your kitchen. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that 90 show, we've got a new poster for it. A little reminder that that's going to be hitting Netflix on January 19th. Uh, very exciting. It shows red and Kitty Foreman at the forefront of the poster with the new generation of basement hoodlums, if you will. Um, Leia, uh, Eric and Donna's daughter, Leia, and I can't tell you how much I love that they actually named their daughter Leia. That makes me so happy. Um, but they are all in the poster, so I'm very much looking forward to this. Of course, as a, as a fan of the original series, very much looking forward to the cameos from the original cast. But I, I really think that as a 90s kid myself, I'm looking to see some of those throwbacks that take place during this series. I think it's going to be really exciting. It, it might it might make me watch it. Never saw a single episode of the original series, oh, no. so uh, that that's not going to help me out much. I guess I just really had no interest to watch it. I may I may check it out, may not, but I've got some time to think about it. Uh, well, at this point right now, January 19th. In a look ahead at 2023's must-see releases, USA Today gave fans their first look at Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler back together in Murder Mystery 2. The movie, set to arrive in Netflix in March, is going to see Nick played by Sandler and Audrey played by Aniston, returning as full-time private eyes, trying to get their detective agency running. So when they need it least, the pair is wrapped up in the international intrigue after their pal, the Maharaja, is kidnapped at his own wedding. If you like the first one, uh, you get more on a grander scale, and plus you get that uh, Sandler-Aniston chemistry there. Could be a fun ride as well. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of surprising because, you know, they initially announced that the film was going to be made, but really we haven't heard a whole lot about it since that initial announcement. And so all of a sudden we're finding out, oh, yeah, by the way, the movie's coming in March. It's going to be on Netflix, and here's the plot. Um, so it was kind of exciting to get an update on that. Another great update that we got was the fact that we're going to be getting our next uh, look at Fast 10, the Fast and Furious franchise next film trailer is going to be releasing in February. We got that news courtesy of Vin Diesel as he shared a, a post onto his socials as Dom Toretto, uh, looking very fly in a uh, a sleeveless garage 
uh, outfit. <laughs> been wearing that throughout the entire franchise, or at least the later films, he's been wearing it. Uh, so, so we got a first look at Vin, and I, I think that uh, you know, Fast Ten. I mean, it, it's the combination of everything. It, it's the it's the end of the end. It's it's what we've been waiting for, and uh, I, I really think that it's going to be the biggest showdown in cinematic history. Uh, minus what we got to see in Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. I think that will be the only rival there. One more film to arrive in the franchise after X, and uh, they were talking about that, a little bit of uh, shade and drama uh, being posted from Tyrese Gibson and uh, Vin Diesel on their Instagram, having the times of their lives, respectively. And I, I think that's maybe just a, maybe a very subtle dig uh, at the at the Rock not being a part of Fast Ten and possibly being lured back in for the final film of the franchise in F eleven, which you can also hit on your keyboard if you're really careful as well. So it, it'll be it'll be fun to watch and maybe uh, cooler heads will prevail and we'll get the entire cast uh, back together. Ari Aster, um, Ari Aster is a is a director that is known uh, for shock chills really really weird films case in point hereditary uh which tim and i went and watched and after we left that film we were still shaking our heads and still don't understand it even all these years later at this point right now but ari aster is back in the director's chair and he's going to be pairing up with joaquin phoenix in Bo is afraid i'm i'm interested i'm intrigued i don't know if we're going to get something that ari aster hasn't done before uh, most notably a film that is not about like shock scares and jumps and really mm -hmm. weird imagery and stuff. We'll see if he plays it straight lace or not. But that one's going to be coming to theaters in April. You can keep an eye out for the trailer. Uh, we do expect that to drop. And of course, we'll have that on the Facebook page for the community and up on the YouTube channel as well. And it's a very unique poster. And I really Different. encourage you guys to go look at it because Different versions of Joaquin. Yeah. Yeah. Raging from a young boy to an old man. So di four different versions of him. So uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, we also got our first official trailer for Renfield, which is starring our very beloved Nick Cage as well as Nicholas Holt. It is a ride from Universal. We also, just moments before the trailer dropped, we actually got our first look at Nick Cage as Dracula. And then the poster uh, came through with the trailer. And man, I got to tell you that this film looks amazing. Getting to see Nicholas Holt in a very unique role that I think he's not had the chance to play yet, being followed up by Nick Cage as Dracula, who just looks absolutely terrifying. Though we only got to see uh, partial bits of him in the trailer, I, I think they're saving the best for the film itself and maybe for some later on marketing. But I got to tell you, I'm very much looking forward to this. I think it's going to be fun. I agree. Nick Cage looks really, really good in his makeup, set up as Dracula. I could see him just wearing that at random on a weekend at some point, just because <laughs> he can. He's Nick Cage. And apparently Dracula in this one is kind of played up as the boss from hell. And, mm -hmm. and Renfield has just had enough, wants to get out there, and he wants to experience life on his own. But uh, Dracula is not going to go away quietly, and he's not going to ha let him have that peaceful life. Oh, no. And comedic hijinks ensues. Uh, we've also got the first look on the page for you guys for the upcoming film Boston Strangler. That stars Carrie Coon uh, from Ghostbusters Afterlife. Great role for her. And Kira Knightley, who was not in Ghostbusters Afterlife. They played journalists attempting to uncover the figure behind the Boston Strangler who killed more than a dozen women in the 60s. So uh, story is right there for that one without mm -hmm. question. That is set to premiere on Hulu. If you have the streaming service, you can look forward to that one uh, arriving on March 17th in your queues. So mark that one down. Another good streaming thriller for you in the lineup. 
And another one I'm very much looking forward to. Now, moving on to celebrity news, Josh. Uh, I, honestly, I think this is going to be the, the biggest piece of celebrity news. So, folks, we are going to take a little bit of extra time to talk about this because there's lots of components to it. Uh, but Jeremy Renner, Avengers actor, uh, actor extraordinaire, really. He's been in, in millions of things. But as far as the nerd verse goes, we know him best as the beloved Clinton Barton slash Hawkeye from the Avengers franchise. He was in a snowplow accident on new year's day sunday january 1st and man it we, we nearly lost another avenger and honestly that was very terrifying uh to to hear the news breaking and you know finding out if he was okay and what the situation was um but just to share some additional information about what took place there um jeremy suffered blunt chest trauma and uh orthopedic injuries and had to undergo surgery um he has made it out of surgery and uh, he's been spending time in the intensive care unit, but he has remained in stable condition as far as we can tell. Um, just to kind of explain what took place, luckily uh, the sheriff's department there in Reno uh, locally to where the accident took place kind of broke it down and explained exactly what took place. But Jeremy Renner had jumped out of a, a snow cat that he owns and operates. And uh, it was a, uh, it just started to roll on him. Um, he tried to jump back into the snowplow, uh, but unfortunately, um, it, it didn't. He didn't make it. He was ran over by the snowplow. And I witnessed detailed seeing Renner getting into uh, the snowplow, but he not seeing him again until the snowplow came to rest in a pile of snow in front of his driveway. Um, the sheriff's department says that this is just a tragic accident. That there's no foul play intended whatsoever. Um, but basically Jeremy was attempting to move a car that was being driven by a family member that had gotten stuck in the snow on the actor's private property after the snow, after the car had been moved, uh, out of the way, Jeremy got out of the snowplow to discuss with his family when it started to roll. And, uh, right now they have, uh, impounded the vehicle in order to find out if there was some sort of mechanical failure that caused the snowplow to roll. But uh, as additional information becomes available on this, of course, we will have it for you. But we've been keeping very close tabs on this just because uh, just luckily we've been getting the information sent down to us. We've been able to get the information as it's come about. And we've tried to keep you guys informed as much as possible uh, on all things taking place regarding Jeremy Renner's recent accident. Most importantly for Jeremy, he's he's got a ways to go, but he's doing good, surrounded by a great team. He's gotten some really good social media updates on his Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, so really encourage you as a fan. Obviously, we've been posting that on uh, on the community channels on Facebook and all that good stuff. Stay connected to Renner on Instagram. You'll get some of those really good first updates from him. He's had some great pictures uh, with his mom and his sister. He got a kind of an impromptu spa day as part of his recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, being in the hospital, you're not getting showers like you normally would. So uh, he was getting a nice... Uh, a nice scalp massage and was just enjoying that. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's going to be a long road of recovery for Jeremy. He spent his 52nd birthday uh, yep. in the hospital. But you know what? The most important thing is he's surrounded with love, a great team of people that are going to see him through this. And uh, he's alive, most importantly, for his 52nd. Yeah. And the birthday is coming up on the other side. Uh, just wishing uh, Jeremy Renner very, very well in his recovery as he continues to move forward. Speaking of which, this was really an inspiring post uh, to read, uh, most notably because elements of it uh, uh, hits home, hits home a little bit. But Anthony Hopkins took to social media and was celebrating a big milestone for the actor, 47 years sober. 
remarkable, absolutely mm-hmm. remarkable. And an encouraging message for those struggling with alcoholism, uh, which is debilitating. It is difficult to get over. There are a lot of people out there that are fighting it currently. The Oscar-winning actor began by saying that he wasn't trying to be heavy with the post, but he wanted to be helpful to those who may be grappling with addiction the same way that he was decades ago. I am a recovering alcoholic, and to you out there, I know there are people struggling in this day and age of cancel and hatred and non-compromise, children being bullied, Hopkins said. I say to this, be kind to yourself, be kind, stay out of the circle of toxicity with people if they offend you. You live your life, and you be proud of your life. Well, I would just simply say I am proud of the the statement that the actor made, uh, putting himself out there and just being um, a prop to lift people up that may be struggling with addiction, that may not be winning their battle right now, uh, just to know that you're not alone and that uh, you can uh, win your fight and you can be propelled to move forward. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, a source of inspiration out there, and uh, just wish him well. 47 years sober, and uh, here is to many, many more for the rest of the actor's life. Yeah, definitely an inspiring story, an inspiring actor, an inspiring human being. And, uh, you know, it, it's just nice when when actors in Hollywood kind of take a moment to share. We're humans, too. We, we struggle just the way everybody else does. Um, Megan's Allison Williams decided to share her thoughts on if AI could ever replace creatives in filmmaking. I thought this was definitely an interesting question that was proposed. Uh, And Allison shares, screenwriters, actors, directors, we all technically could be replaced eventually, but I'm really hoping that's far away. But just the idea of that is very interesting and something I had never really thought about. You know, we talk about deep fake actors and, you know, actors playing other actors with the deep fake technology, but actually having AIs acting on camera and AIs directing films or producing films, it's just, it's kind of amazing to think about that that could be a place in the future. In some respects, the future is now. I mean, Mm -hmm. Tim mentioned the deep fakes. He's right about that. But, I mean, we're already at that point now where you have at, you know actors that are on screen, body doubles, if you will. Yeah. But the AI is creating the voice, is creating the face. ILM, for example, you think about The Mandalorian, you think about the Ahsoka series, the fact that Skywalker came back and he was young. Little things like that are a glimpse of how... Of, Really, the fact that the future is here mm-hmm. right now. Also, I use that fact that um, James Earl Jones has basically given his voice over so that Darth yeah. Vader can continue to live. Folks, that's AI. Yeah. That is audio technology in AI. It, it's, it really it makes you wonder. I think the future is going to be uh, very interesting when it comes to AI, but I think it's acceptance. It's uh, people... Um, allowing the technology to thrive, saying, hey, yes, you can create and craft a digital likeness of me. So more or less societal acceptance right now um, is really what has prevented AI from really just completely taking over. But deepfake audio AI, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's out there. Earl Bowen, now this one uh, is, uh, is a tough piece of celebrity news that came out. A veteran character and voice actor, he has been in many, many films. One of those B actors that you just... You, you, you hear the name Earl Bowen, you may not know it right away, but if you see his face instantly, mm-hmm. you're like, yes, I have seen him here, I have seen him there. Um, you will know him as Dr. Peter Silverman in the Terminator movies. Um, obviously, uh, Dr. Silverman, how's the knee? You remember that infamous line uh, in Terminator 2, Judgment Day. I remember it very, very well. He passed away uh, in, in Hawaii. The actor was 81 years young. He was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer in the fall of 2022, so late in the year. And according to a friend of Bowen's, uh, that statement coming from him and his family, 
Bowen starred in The Terminator, as we said, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. He was in that series all the way through as Dr. Silverman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would encourage you, you know, go to go to IMDb and, and, and look up his entire background because it goes way, way beyond just the Terminator oh, yeah. films. You may go back and revisit some old favorites and just pay tribute to a legendary character actor who was important. He was an important part of some really legendary uh, franchises. So rest in peace, actor Earl Bowen lost at 81. Yeah, de- definitely. Man, it just seems like a lot of the, the actors from my childhood, the actors that I grew up with, were losing them by the dozens <laughs> and it's getting really rough uh, to, to make these celebrity death notifications and share that with all you guys because you know some of these guys my childhood for sure josh's as well um talking about uh childhood actors um moving on to the stranger things verse a, a very uh personal post was made over the weekend by stranger things actor noah snap who plays will byers in the netflix series um he has officially come out as gay and we we just want to wish him well and uh congratulations on you know uh taking that step forward for himself that's that's so awesome and he gets to be authentic he gets to be himself mm -hmm. and uh i mean if not if noah's going to be listening to this uh podcast anytime (laughs) soon but i would just say noah if you happen to catch this Proud of you. We we are glad that you are living your most authentic life and be yourself and don't let anybody tell you different. I think that's pretty cool. No, I, I agree. And, you know, the the way he did it was kind of cool as well. He, he created a fake uh, a TikTok video where, where he was mimicking the words and kind of making a joke to the statement of the fact that when he came out to his family as being gay, they were just, we, we know Noah, like, it's okay. We, we've known for a while, but we're okay with it. We love you. We support you. And... We're, we're happy that you're happy. And so I, I thought that was a really cool way for it, for him to do that. And, you know, he, he, he got to do it on his own and that, that, that was special for him. You know, anytime that we have anything, Brendan Fraser related on yeah. the Facebook page, <laughs> I love it. And the community loves it. Mm-hmm. The whole world is loving uh, Brendan's return. Tim and I got a chance to go up to, um, the Alamo Draft House in Springfield, and we got a chance to watch The Whale. Um, wonderful film, powerful film, pulls at every heartstring you've got. And he just gives, and when they say, when they built the marketing, he says that he got, the guy gives a performance of a lifetime. He does. Mm-hmm. He does. He disappears into this role in The Whale. So if you haven't seen it, uh, get out to your local cinema and enjoy a movie and, and watch this film. You will not be disappointed one bit. But the conversations have been coming out. He's been doing all the, the late night talk show rounds. He's been literally everywhere. And the question is, how do you how do you feel about your comeback? Where are you at with this? And his answers are always so humble, mm-hmm. always so humble. And in and, and one of the recent conversations he had, he says, you know what? I'm, I'm waiting for someone to tell me that the jig is up. I know I'm doing what I love. I'm really happy to be able to do that. And he has said that consistently. He doesn't think it's real. It's like, you know, I'm just waiting to get on the get on the payroll, if you will. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Brennan, you're, you're here. You've got this wonderful film from Darren Aronofsky. Um, he has got, uh, I believe, some Scorsese projects uh, coming up. Uh, the Mummy Talk is resurfacing mm-hmm. again. Um, so it, it, I, I think at this point, Brendan can choose the project that he wants. I think he is more than deserving to pick the directors that he wants to work with. And honestly, I don't think it's a situation where Brennan has to go and seek anybody out. I don't think it should have ever been that way. Yeah. And, and by and large, when Tim and I were sitting up there watching The Whale, they had this, this highlight reel of Brennan's career. Yeah. And you're sitting there and you're watching it going, 
you know, I know that I was in my, my Brendan Fraser uh, box and there was these films that I always revisited and watched over and over again, but I've got to go and see this. I've got to go and see this. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, it was like a baker's dozen or more of like, I've never seen that. I didn't even know he was in that film. Yeah. So explore it. Get outside of your Brendan Fraser box and, and just go and, and just go wild with it. And I and he will deliver. So I just I just want I just hope that whatever this path is for Brendan, that he can go out there and he can just get projects handed to him because yeah. He's that good. He deserves that so much. And so, you know, when it comes to the mummy films out there, they had interviews out there with Brendan talking to him about that. He says, you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I don't know an actor who doesn't want a job. I love that so much. I, I don't think I've been this famous and unsalaried at the same time in my professional life. So sign me up, you know, unsalaried. I know that, that that's going to change. That is so much going to change so, yeah. because we're the common phrase that you hear is that we're in the middle of the uh, the the Brendan Assance mm -hmm. and we are it's it's his time all over again and I, I've said it before I'll say it again just welcome back buddy just go out there and get the world it's yours you deserve it so much mm -hmm. yeah I couldn't agree more and you know the mummy films were what I grew up with that alongside the George of the Jungle films with with him and just that was the Brendan Fraser that I grew up with and to see that there's even the possibility of him returning to that franchise, which, you know, it, it is his, the, and, you know, not to bad mouth Tom Cruise and his mummy franchise, but you know, honestly, they should have just okay, continued. Everybody else out there is, is, is thinking it and has been at more than one time. They should universal should have just continued the story of Rick McConnell that, that, that is what it should have taken place that's where they messed up. And so if they can continue that, then I really think that they would have a strong chance at making their monster verse, if you will, if they can bring him back and re kick off that franchise with a brand new mummy film. Uh, now moving on to movie news in general, I know we kind of, there's a, a nice transition there, but avatar, I mean, if, if you've been anywhere the last few weeks and not heard anybody mention the words avatar, the way of water or James Cameron, then uh, you're probably not hanging out in cool enough circles. Um, it's official James Cameron's avatar, the way of water, which is the sequel to the uh, avatar film is now the highest grossing grossing film of 2022 worldwide. Uh, as of, most recent announcement, it was sitting at 1.1, excuse me, 1.516 billion dollars, ladies and gentlemen. You, and that and is insane. I want to I want to talk about something real quick as it relates to this. Um, it has been in IMAX. It's been over at Branson Meadows Cinemas here locally, and then of course your cinema of choice wherever it is you are listening uh, to this podcast. At for us, you know, I, I I've gotten a chance to give a lot of hours of my life <laughs> to James Cameron and uh, more money than I expected to give uh, to Jim Cameron. But um, you know, folks. There's, there's been a lot of conjecture, and our community has been speculating about it. We've been trying to to navigate our way through the commentary about this whole break-even thing with the film. Here's what you have to understand with it: with people saying that the, mm -hmm. that the film is broke even. There has been no definitive confirmation from James Cameron himself about how much the budget was for Avatar The Way of Water. We don't know. Mm -hmm. People are speculating that the budget is between $200 million and $460 million. Now... Logic says if it's on the higher end, like if it's in the $400 million range, Jim has also finished 
three and is into production on four. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be done at four and will work his way into five as well. So we don't know what the production costs have already been applied to the third one, the fourth one, and whatever work he is mm -hmm. doing on the fifth one. So if you take the budget for Avatar The Way of Water, if it's on the high end and you add production costs on top of that for the next films in line, that might be where this whole break-even situation is coming mm -hmm. from with it having to make a billion dollars or $2 billion to break even. So he's probably has spent a ton of money. And I, and I would just tell you as a fan... Don't expect Cameron to go out and say, I actually spent this much money. I don't think he's going to do no. that, and I don't think we're ever going to know. No, I, I don't. And honestly, because I, I think that he's reached a point in his creative career where it's not about the money anymore. And honestly, Clearly for, for the studio that's bringing him in, it's not about the money anymore. Well, it's, the, dude, the dude's given up like how many years of his life yeah. to, to this franchise. He's exactly. Not, he's not going to do anything else. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a ballsy thing to do from mm -hmm. a creative level. You're basically committing the remaining years of your life to developing this franchise. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, as as much as I would want Jim Cameron to go back and basically restore the Terminator franchise to prominence, literally, yeah, that is not likely to happen. As much as I want him to go and visit Ridley Scott and pull the fence post out of that man's ass. <laughs> To allow Neil Blomkamp to actually do his Aliens film yeah. that really had such great concept art all those years ago, but Ridley won't allow it to happen. I'd love that, but Cameron is locked in in Pandora, mm -hmm. and I don't think there's any escape for him. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't want to leave. And we've we've all got some fun theories as to exactly where the franchise is going to go. We know the uh, uh, the Ash people. That's going to be a thing. Yeah, we 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 know you know because we're talking about you know three or four more films for sure. That, that's given 100% that that's taking place. Now, no telling how many more are going to come down the line as these films get put out. But uh, honestly, I think we could probably do an entire podcast episode just theorizing what we'd like to see. So if you guys want to want us to talk about those, let, let us know in the comments because I, I think that would be really fun to, to just sit and, and talk about where we could see potentially and as fans where we're hoping the franchise goes. <laughs> So in, in, in movie news as well, and, I, and I'm on board with this. I, mm -hmm. I like the idea. I like the thoughts that are going out behind it. And apparently it's been met with praise in the Bond camp. But Aaron Taylor <laughs> Johnston has indeed met with producers about playing the next James Bond. And according to reports, no details other than to say the meeting reportedly went well. Mm -hmm. If you have not seen Aaron Taylor Johnston in Kick-Ass, which is where mm -hmm. this whole thing really got underway, and if you have not seen him in the most recently delivered Bullet Train, I highly recommend you sit down and watch that before mm -hmm. you go, I just don't know if the kids got the chops to do it. He has got the visual presence. He's mm -hmm. got the very suave, debonair look about him. Mm -hmm. uh, just look at any of the actors' photo shoots to understand that side of it. Yeah, And then the physical presence He's got that as yeah. well. So um, he's got all the parts. He's got all the parts to be able to pull it off. It's just going to be interesting to see if somebody else doesn't come up and step up to the plate yeah. to challenge it right now because he's really the only high-profile actor that we know of that, I mean, reports have come out and said, yes, this officially happened. He did meet, and it went well. So Yeah, I, I, I'm enthusiastic to see where they take the Bond franchise yet. You know, you saw how things ended with Daniel Craig's bond. So at this point, I think we're looking at having an entire 
new reboot, if you will. Like wherever the Bond franchise is going next, it's going to be a clean reboot. We're going to have all new actors for all the different roles. We're going to have a new Q, a new M. I'm hoping that that's the direction they go and they can create a whole new Bond verse for the next generation. Um, speaking of great films, um, I, I think you guys are going to be excited to hear our review when we finally talk about that. So make sure you visit our Facebook page, uh, for our Megan film review, but universal bloom houses can't be killer doll horror film. Megan is writing strong as critics reviews, uh, have brought the film to a $27 million opening very impressive for an opening weekend for a bloom house project i i'm very excited to uh, talk about this further in our review and i'm excited to for you guys to hear our thoughts yeah be uh be checking that out on uh, the facebook as well that'll be coming up as well um and for me i'm i'm i don't think i'm going to use that word that word review in 2023 so i'm just gonna when we get ready to talk about it it's going to be just uh I'm going to share some thoughts. I think that's what I'm going to be doing. So I think I'm tired of the world review, actually, to be honest with you. Anna de Animas says that there is going to be a fight scene between her character and John Wick. Well, my money is on Keanu Reeves on this mm-hmm. one already, even though we know that there's going to be a fight. The ballerina spinoff film is taking shape and uh, moving along well on the production side of things. But this is exciting. We weren't really privy to what type of interaction um, Ana de Armas' character was going to have with John Wick. But now we know the two of them are going to come to blows. And uh, I, I just I hope that it is a straight up in your face, absolute brawl. Mm-hmm. We, we know we know who's going to win, clearly, but. I, I want it to be a really cool fight. And honestly, she proved that she can roll around and kick some serious butt with the best of them. Just go and watch No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. Uh, she will prove her point. And this is really not the the, the first time that these two uh, actors have met in a film, um, just a really over-the-top film uh, that had Ana de Armas and um, uh, Keanu Reeves in it was called Knock Knock. If you haven't seen it, it's a wild film. You might want to go check it out. But uh, Ballerina, looking really, really good, and another reason for us to be excited about it. Uh, in other news, Tim Blake Nelson, who happens to be one of my favorite actors, and not just because we share a first name. One well, of the weirdest um, haircut I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> he has joined the cast of Dune Part 2. He's going to be joining Austin Butler and Florence Pugh among some of the other newcomers who are already on board. The second part of Legendary's adaptation of the sci-fi classic. Uh, very much looking forward to Part 2 to drop. Of course, getting to see what happens next is going to be very exciting, but to have a caliber of actor like Tim Blake Nelson joining this franchise, I'm really hoping he has a really cool role. <laughs> I love how Tim skipped over the director's name and the creator as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to try to that say was, that. That was pretty hilarious. Paul Mescal is uh, entering the arena, and he beat out some really, really tough competition on the actor's side uh, to, nick, to lock down this role, but he will be starring and picking up the character role of Lucius from the original Gladiator. That's oh, wow. the role that he is going to play, um, and that's the little boy from the original Gladiator that uh, had a chance to uh, interact and talk to Maximus before you know he died in the film. Yeah, but that's going to be a big one there, and the long-awaited Gladiator sequel, which has found its lead, and things will be moving forward and rolling along. Cannot wait to see what Ridley Scott pulls off with that one as well. So we do have some sad news regarding the most recent update from Nick Cage as far as his character in Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. It doesn't look like Spider-Man Noir is going to be making an appearance 
uh, Nick Cage said, you're going to have to ask Sony because I don't know what's going on with that. No one has spoken to me about that. He added, I wish they would, though. I love Spider-Man Noir, too. So a little disappointment that he's not going to be in the next film in the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse franchise. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe he's just trying to lead us astray and uh, surprise us because his character is going to do something really cool. But who knows? Hugh Jackman, on the record officially, and uh, him and Ryan Reynolds have just been the gift that keeps on giving as they keep battering back and forth uh, in the in the pre-production as uh, Wolverine and Deadpool is going to be coming our way. But he cites a big reason he decided to return as Wolverine because, as you know, he was on record at one point saying, I'm done, I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. But a little bit of that Ryan Reynolds persistence, pestering, and magic, it all worked wonders. He says... I get to punch the crap out of Ryan Reynolds every single day. (laughs) That is why I'm coming back. I'm sure there's a lot more to that, but for him, the fringe benefits of beating the crap out of Ryan Reynolds uh, is at the top of his list. But I would just tell you this. um, You you follow us on our Facebook page. You're going to see us talking about that. But if you want it, just follow both the actors on their Twitters, get linked to them both on Instagram, and just sit back pop some popcorn and watch all the magic happen. No, so excited, man. Like I I can't even tell you the enthusiasm and the adrenaline that went through my veins when they made that officially announced. Uh, And, and here's the thing. This is going to be the first step in Wolverine making an appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Deadpool 3 is going to be a part of the MCU, so I'm looking forward to seeing some MCU cameos in that film, maybe some interaction uh, with Star-Lord or Thor or, or whoever Marvel Studios can bring in to, to get in there, but Wolverine is going to be making his MCU debut in Deadpool 3, and I am stoked. Uh, of course, I get the weird name here. Uh, Michael Giacchino will be making his feature-length directorial debut with a reboot of Them. Them is the 1954 original film, which follows ants who are mutated by atomic testing to become giant man-eating monsters. Not only does that sound really cool, but I also posted on the page, and it got a lot of fun interaction, that if Paul Rudd does not make a cameo in that film or have a starring lead in this film, we riot because who better to have in a atomic ant mutant monster film than Ant-Man himself? James Gunn, Peter Safran's three-year plan for DC will be a broad but not a blanket reset. Now, before I go any further with this, before you jump on the bandwagon of, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is not going to happen, this person's being cut, this person's being cut, this person doesn't have a role anymore. It is going to go into overdrive. I need you to understand, James Gunn has been swimming in this pool, and he has been navigating it to the best of his ability. So what I will tell you is, wait for him to uh, talk about it, because the person that's going to know is going to be Gunn. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Aquaman, Shazam, Blue Beetle, Peacemaker, they could all carry over. And some Warner Brother Discovery executives are open to Ezra Miller staying on as the Flash. So there's a lot going on there. There's a lot on the page. We report about it, and then we clarify. We also update with comments directly from James Gunn. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff that I just said, bear in mind, the confirmation will come from Nerd Informants and James Gunn. Ultimately, James Gunn. 
So let's not go into fan overdrive and full-on freakout mode about things because Gunn and Saffron know what they're doing. There's a lot of work still to come. We haven't even gotten into the work yet. Yeah. The projects are going to be steadily revealed, a, a few of them, not all mm-hmm. of them. We'll start to see them here this month. So just hang in there, but let let James Gunn tell us. Let James Gunn jump in and do what he was brought to DC to do, yeah. which is to bring cohesion and get this universe together. Because I think we can all collectively agree as fans, it has been a hot mess. Oh, it's been nuts. It's been absolutely crazy, um, starting from the reveal that uh, Henry Cavill will not be returning as Superman. I think that was the first bit of news that people were just like, oh, oh, so they're doing something different. They're they're not following the path that WB had initially set forward. So I, I, I'm very excited to see what they've got planned. You know, just the teasers alone that James Gunn has been sharing on his social pages has got me hyped for some great things, some properties that DC has not yet ever looked into as far as making full feature films. We've gotten to see the cartoon versions, but we've never really got to see anything extra. But I'm very pumped to see what James Gunn and Peter have set up uh, for us. And hopefully uh, the rumors are true and we're going to get some of that initial announcements uh, starting this month. Uh, Ryan Johnson has already announced that he is working on Knives Out 3. So we had Knives Out, then we had Glass Onions, a Knives Out mystery. So very curious to see what they're going to name the third one. And he says, beyond setting, beyond bikinis versus sweaters, it is truly going to be trying something different narratively and tonally, he said. So we... I enjoyed Knives Out. I enjoyed Glass Onion. It was a nice uh, palate cleanser for Ryan Johnson after seeing what was The Last Jedi. And I think he's found his place in uh, filmmaking. Keep on writing these. Keep on bringing this out. We want to see more of Daniel Craig solving murder mysteries. So let's do this. (laughs) Looks like the uh, Benoit Blanc cinematic universe is in full effect. We'll have to see where he goes with it. But I'll be excited because I did... I did dig on some uh, some glass onion, and I really like Knives Out. If uh, you are a collector and you love bringing those films home, mark this one down. Black Panther Wakanda Forever has got a double date on Disney+, Plus, February 1st, and on 4K, Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and Steelbook. I've seen the Steelbook covers, and we've got that on our Facebook page for mm-hmm. you. If you want to see how awesome they look, they look really, really cool. So February 1st for Disney+, Plus, and then on the 7th, you can bring the discs home and expand your Marvel collection at home. That'll be something we look forward to doing uh, in the month of February. Very cool discs. Very excited for that. Uh, Dave Batista, also speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, has confirmed that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be his final MCU movie. He says, quote, I'm so grateful for Drax. I love him. I just don't know if I want Drax to be my legacy. It's a silly performance, and I want to do more dramatic stuff. Now, for folks who did get to see Glass Onion, for folks who have seen some of Batista's more recent things. He has had some comedy in there, but he's also been portraying and seeking out some more serious and dramatic roles. And uh, he he was excellent in Glass Onion. I'm excited to see what he does next. I do love him as Drax, and I'm sad to see uh, that Volume 3 will be his last time in the MCU. But it's something I've learned in the MCU, never say never. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, for him bringing the character of Drax to life because I love him so much. And he's proved that he's got a lot of range because I go back and I look at his career. 
you know, outside of wrestling, he's been a part of the Bond franchise, but again, that was kind of a visceral thug-like character. It was good for him to kind of stretch his legs a little bit, be opposite Daniel Craig in a really cool fight scene aboard a train. If you haven't seen that yet, really check that one out. Um, and then also, uh, very brief role, and he played opposite Ryan Gosling. He was in Blade Runner 2049, so yeah. he's got some stuff out there. Uh, it's good for him to stretch his wings. Um, it's going to suck. Um, I, I really don't want to say goodbye to him as Drax. Uh, if you go and you see the Guardians 3 trailer, um, you know that that one's going to be emotional. We don't know oh, yeah. what's going to happen in it, but uh, I think James Gunn is playing his hand kind of heavy there and, and kind of maybe... Uh, bracing us for some uh, for some death, sadly. Mm-hmm. So w- time will tell. Maybe maybe it's Drax. We don't know. James Corden had some comments that uh, that was revealed to Deadline reporter Pete Hammond, and we uh, picked up on the story. And it's interesting the timing of it because it came out after the fact. Uh, we were kind of talking about Brendan Fraser. We were all on that board and talking about the whale, et cetera, et cetera. But Corden says that he was once slotted to play the lead role in the whale, which stars Brendan Fraser. Corden explained at the time the film had another director, not Darren Aronofsky, attached to it. So Corden was saying how he was going to play the part. Tom Ford was going to direct, and he added that Ford left the project after being denied complete control. That's not the first time we've heard those kind of stories mm-hmm. about studios kind of interjecting themselves and saying, no, we don't want you to do it your way, even though you're the director of the film. We want you to do it our way. Corden also thinks that he may have been too young to do it justice. He then told me Clooney also got involved with it at one point, but only wanted to make the film if an actual 600-pound unknown could be found to play the lead role. The complications of that were too much, as you might imagine, and Clooney never became involved beyond that brief flirtation with the property. So, a lot of stuff going on, according to uh, to Corden, but, you know, I am, I'm I'm glad that, that none of that stuff happened because yeah. we got Brendan Fraser, who was perfect. Yeah. Perfect in the role. And we got a very beautiful, emotional, inspirational, and powerful film. So, a lot of big changes, switches, all that good stuff. But the whale is the whale, and it's got Brendan Fraser. Yeah, and I am a fan of James Corden. I think he's a funny guy, but I really don't think he could have done done the role justice. So I, I am I, glad he didn't get placed there because I don't know if he has the dramatic chops to pull off the emotional well being. He's never he's, of a never, he's never had a dramatic role. Yeah, I mean. It, it, it wouldn't suit him, I don't think. So, in TV news, switching categories again, 19 or 1899, let's say that again, 1899 has been canceled by Netflix after one season. I don't know how many of you actually attempted to watch this. I watched the first two episodes, was more confused than I've ever been before when watching a television series in my entire life, and gave up. And I'm glad I did because apparently the end of the series has a huge cliffhanger, and it's never going to get resolved. So um, there, there you go, folks. If, if you were fans of the show, I'm sorry. But for those of you who are very confused like myself, um, it has come to an end. It's a good thing because you can expand Yellowstone a whole heck of a bunch. But you know what? The Dutton's magic only goes through certain eras pretty much. And I think they're starting to learn that, that if you go too far with it, it becomes too much saturation of a property. You've got a great hit on your hands with the Yellowstone series, the main series. 1923 seems to be received very, very well at this point. Um, Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford-led series there. But you can have too much of a good thing. Fans know that very, very well. Speaking of a good thing, which has got new life, a season two is going to be out there as well. And this one was met with a, a lot of joy. Everybody's a big fan of it. And, of course, it's gone viral in so many ways. If you're already tired of seeing that dance on your social media <laughs> appearing everywhere, 
um, uh, you might as well deal with your fatigue because it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Wednesday got a season two renewal by Netflix after the Jenna Ortega-led show broke a bunch of records for the streamer. It's not going to be moving to Amazon Prime Video for season two. There was kind of some uh, little bit of rumor mongering there about a bidding war there, but it was never really a war because Netflix had it locked up. The deal between Netflix and MGM for Wednesday was locked in long before Amazon would have even had a chance in purchasing MGM. So Wednesday, we'll be back for more, and hopefully it gets uh, expanded out a little bit, possibly the classic house, mom, daughter, dad, daughter, brother, sister, uh, fester, uh, niece. There's a lot of stuff to explore there uh, beyond the school where the first Mm -hmm. season really took place, but uh, I would expect plenty more viral moments in season two. Looking forward to it. I love the series. They did such a great job with it and very pumped to see where it goes next. In the wrestling world, Vince McMahon is back on the WWE board with intentions of selling the company and upcoming media negotiations. So it's going to be very interested to see what takes place there. And also, <laughs> Sasha Banks is no more. This is was some interesting news as well. Uh, Sasha Banks is now known as Mercedes Fernando. And I know that Josh is going to have a lot to say about this. <laughs> Vince McMahon first uh, being back on the WWE board. It was a very, very interesting move. It's got a lot of people either excited or extremely worried. And, you know, there's a lot of conjecture with this because we're not sitting in the boardroom. We're not sitting in the back uh, side day-to-day operations of WWE. But Vince McMahon, um, he made life difficult for a lot of people uh, in his uh, last really full year in WWE before he was forced out. Hush money scandal. WWE paid $19 million in court costs to get this whole thing settled. Apparently, there's more that has yet to come to light that would, uh, uh, Vince does not want to see uh, the light of day because if so, that would really make things very, very difficult. But, Mm -hmm. you know, think about the other lives it's making difficult. There's a lot of wrestlers that were fired under the Vince McMahon regime, and now that he is back, Triple H has hired those people back. So they are worried about their jobs. Three people left the board, and one resigned when Vince came back, and Vince brought two people back with him. So the guise is is that he is back to facilitate media negotiations. Media rights deals are going to be coming up very soon here in 2023. In addition, he believes that his presence make things look more stable for potential buyers. And there's a long list of buyers out there. Um, The crown prince of Saudi Arabia could be a buyer of the WWE. A big-time American property could be in the hands of Saudi Arabia. Very interesting prospect there. You've got Comcast, which is a media giant. You've got Disney. You've got Fox. Um, Potentially AEW, if the Khan family decided to unroll their pockets and jump in there. Uh, Very interesting to note there that if the Khan family wanted to buy it, they would still have over $4 billion dollars in liquid assets there should they decide to purchase their competition you remember back in the day if you're a wrestling fan vince mcmahon bought out wcw and we Mm -hmm. saw that um basically play out in real time on tv where vince was on raw and shane was on nitro i remember that day very very well so it's interesting there he's back it's legit it's real um but there's a lot of tension in the air over at stanford connecticut and wwe headquarters Sasha Banks, indeed, she is uh, Sasha Banks no more. Uh, real name, Mercedes Varnado, and it's now uh, Mercedes Monet. Money. 
you know, if you will. That's how she debuted in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And the word is that um, she's trying to keep her options open. She's doing select dates with New Japan. She's got uh, a championship match uh, with uh, IWGP champ Kyrie Zane. That's going to be coming up here uh, in the month of February. Rumor mill has it that Mercedes may potentially debut on AEW Dynamite. This will be the January 11th edition, uh, which is going to be in L.A. So that, that's got a lot of people talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they thought, well, okay, you know, Soraya is going to announce Mercedes as her tag team partner. They went the other direction. It was almost like it was a deliberate swerve, and then it ended up being Tony Storm. Yeah, But there is a, a situation here uh, brewing where Tony Storm could allegedly be taken out before the match gets underway, and then Mercedes actually does debut. So... The wrestling, uh, the IWC, the internet wrestling community is having a big heyday with this one. A lot going on, turmoil, security, whatever you want to call it in WWE, <laughs> and uh, Mercedes Varnado is taking over the world, starting with New Japan. Where will she end up next? We do not know. Actress Deborah Jo Rupp is returning to Westview for the upcoming Disney Plus Marvel WandaVision spinoff series, Agatha Coven of Chaos. That is going to be headlined by the amazingly talented, just saw her in Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, Catherine Hahn. So a little bit of st- uh, stability there, a uh, familiar face mm-hmm. uh, anchoring this new series coming up. And uh, I, I think it's going to be fun. I think we're going to get Catherine Hahn at her manic best, so I say bring it on. Yeah, so it's exciting. It's kind of nice to see Deborah Jo Rumpin so much. Of course, she's going to be in this, and then she's Kitty Foreman in that 90s show. So she's really got a lot going on in her life, and is one of my favorite actresses. I'm very excited that she's getting so much uh, work and projects right now. Uh, now, this is a big one. This was huge for folks like me who are in love with the Arrowverse. To find out this news this week was Perfect amazing and, and huge. Um, but The Flash, they are currently in production on the ninth and final season of the series. Um, the Flash, the, the new season, will begin on Wednesday, February 8th on the CW, so be sure to tune in for that. It is going to be a condensed uh, season, so only a few episodes there. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, the rumors are true. There's been a lot of speculation recent weeks that it would take place, but it is actually happening. Stephen Amell is returning to the Arrowverse as Oliver Queen, a.k.a. the Green Arrow, for one last run, pun intended, with Grant Gustin for the ninth and final season. Uh, Emil is going to be... Pe- appearing in the ninth episode of the season. He's going to be joined by John Diggle, Wally West, and the villain Bloodwork. Very exciting that those three are also coming back. There's also some speculation that we're going to be seeing uh, uh, Batwoman return and playing the Red Death in the ninth episode, and that's kind of the reason that Flash is in need of Green Arrow's help. We're assuming... If you know what took place in the final episodes of Arrow, you know that it's going to probably require some time travel in order for Stephen Amell to make his return. But that's not all. Wait, there's more. That's right. For the ninth episode of The Flash, Danielle Panabaker, that's right, Killer Frost herself, is going to be directing that episode, which is uh, including the 
reappearance of Stephen Amell's The Green Arrow as well as John Diggle's. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm just pumped, man. Like I, I cannot believe that they're, they're doing this. I'm so glad that they are. It was my hope that that's how this would play out. Um, and I've got a lot of episodes of the flash to catch up on so I can be ready and up and accounted for when Stephen Amell makes his return to the Arrowverse. A piece of comic news as we move over for collectors out there. The Scarlet Witch comic series has dropped from writer Steve Orlando and artist Sarah Pacelli. Now in the series, which is set to go on sale, and it's already out as of right now, Darcy Lewis working in Wanda Maximoff's new bobble shop. And Darcy is written with the same energy as her MCU counterpart, Kat Dennings, who has played her on both the small and the large screen. Uh, the comic has been out for about four days as a production of this episode of the podcast. So if you're a comic fan and you love the Scarlet Witch, go out there and pick up your new edition. And I, I just got to add that, you know, it's very exciting that Darcy Lewis is finally making her comic book uh, debut with the Scarlet Witch. There, there's been a little bit of uh, controversy uh, as to um, why this is not taking place earlier, but I'm glad it's finally happening. Um, as for comic book news, that's really it for this week. But moving into technology, we've got a couple things for you. Uh, Samsung's latest gaming monitors include an 8K 57-inch ultra-wide display. We've got a picture of this on our Facebook as well as our other socials. Invite you guys to check that out. But I got to tell you, it looks pretty cool. And I'm, I'm not even a huge gamer, but just looking at that, I was like, that, that's kind of cool. I kind of want one. And he says that that's a that's a very very big deal. Uh, perhaps uh, Santa will will stuff that down the chimney and in, uh, in future <laughs> years for him to uh, I don't know just uh, maybe stream stuff in his in his room unless he just decides to get into really big gaming. We're working on that. He's been uh, doing really well playing some Call of Duty when he's got time and uh, maybe even a little bit of Fortnite here and there. I'm pretty proud of him uh, for picking up the controller uh, early on at the end of 2022 and into 2023. Final bit of news for this edition. It is Season 3, Episode 3 of the Informants Nerdcast. Bethesda Quality Assurance developers across the U.S. have made a big-time vote in the gaming scene. This is overwhelmingly in favor of unionizing under the Microsoft banner. This is forming the largest union yet at a major gaming company. And, of course, uh, we all know the big drama that's been talked about throughout the entirety of 2022 was Microsoft and their acquisition of IPs, and then, of course, the whole Call of Duty thing, which has been the biggest bit of gaming news last year mm -hmm. and lingering into 2023 about how much access PlayStation is going to have to the Call of Duty franchise. But what this does is you're acquired by Microsoft, and you've got all these IPs. The developers have an opportunity to have a stronger voice, and they have that opportunity to be protected, and that's a big deal uh, for all these hardworking developers, you've heard of all these stories when these game releases come out. The negative side of that is the stories about the developers and the designers all being under crunch hours. And that's a big thing. So maybe the environment will get better. And if the environment gets better, people feel better about their jobs. They do a better job in the games. And then we as gamers, everybody wins when people are well taken care of. So it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. And gang, right at about the hour mark here for this edition, episode three in season three, kicking off 2023 in style. Uh, a great job on the uh, on the organizational side there uh, by Mr. Church getting the episode uh, ready to go. It feels good to be back behind the mic. And, mm -hmm. uh, amazingly, uh, a very protracted uh, uh, length of time between episode two and episode three. I thought about, well, I could go to episode four, but we got to get back to that consistency mark. 
and publish some more episodes out there. How do you how do you feel being back behind the mic and kicking off the year in right in the in the right way? It's great to be back behind the mic. Twenty twenty two was just a little bit crazy for Josh and I, and we. we ask for your forgiveness uh but and we appreciate that you've stuck with us as we ventured on but guess what 2023 is going to be the year of the nerd we got a lot of really really great things coming your way before we do in i did want to drop the little bit of knowledge we will be making our first comic-con appearance of 2023 this upcoming weekend in rogers arkansas at northwest arkansas comic-con so if you guys are in that neck of the woods in that area or even if you're not and you are up for a road trip be sure to come on down and check us out there we're going to be having a booth we're going to do a panel we'll have some free swag at our table as always and getting to hang out with the folks down there our first time to visit with the folks at the rogers arkansas area so we're pretty pumped to have received that invitation and we'll be down there having some fun so we hope you'll join us and again a reminder to you as well we will have certainly have uh, very big uh, giveaways in 2023 uh, outside of the the whole comic-con stuff and all that uh, we do want to remind you guys that you can take full advantage full advantage of cinematic fun with nerd informants as a matter of fact we have got the giveaway continuing on what was the return of the blockbuster giveaway in 2022 is back for 2023 fully expect ant-man and the wasp quantum mania to be the first big film of the year that you can take advantage of so what is it called it's called the nerds see it first imax movie experience uh we all collectively like the name tim was a fan becky was a fan uh, and so thanks to the imax uh you've got that opportunity to have that vip experience all year long Mm-hmm. with the nerd informant so be looking for that on facebook uh and, and take full advantage of it because tim and i have spent time uh we have a lot of repeat winners why the system is not broken just yet uh a lot of folks uh either a aren't seeing it or they're just deciding hey i don't want to see that film or they're just not playing yeah. if you're not playing you're missing out because think about this for a second you go and you buy two tickets for an imax film and then you go and you get your concessions you're gonna near that hundred dollar mark for a single film Mm-hmm. So why not go and do that and save some money and go watch the film with two of the best nerds running in the business today, and it's all made possible thanks to the IMAX. Plus, you get dinner for two at Heroes, okay? Like, free food, free concessions, free movie tickets, and a free date with two of the most handsome nerds you know, or at least one of the handsome nerds you know, and the other one kind of chubby but cute in a nice, charming deer kind of way, Bambi kind of way. Uh, but... It's going to be a lot of fun. We hope you guys will play this year. We're going to be uh, starting that up real, real soon. And hopefully we're going to have a few extra surprises down the turnpike as 2023 comes uh, to pass. It's going to be exciting, and we appreciate you coming along with us. This is Season 3, Episode 3. Don't forget the Informants Nerdcast coming to you on all major podcast platforms. You can get connected. Film reviews and a whole lot more. We've got you covered on the social side of things. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. And you can even check us out on TikTok. More so, you can check out Tim on TikTok. I'm trying to get a little bit better, but I absolutely loathe (laughs) that app uh, beyond all recognition. So I'm trying there, fans. So you may see a little bit more of me on there on occasion, but it it is probably going to stay the the Tim show by and large. Uh, (laughs) He'll work on me in the new year, but... uh, Uh, Stay connected to us online. We've got you covered. Most importantly, you guys be informed, and we will see you on the next one. Until we do, fellow geeks and nerds, be Be informed. informed. 
You've been informed by the Informants Nerdcast, presented by Nerd Informants Media. Find new episodes on Anchor Podcasting Services and stay connected to Nerd Informants on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram.